that it for the Infrothies, Daggy and Barney are back. The light's at the end of the tunnel. It's nearly summer, Barney. <laughs> it is almost The summer. season that never ends is nearly over. <laughs> Two, three weeks to go if we throw a bold prediction show in there. But anyway, uh, we know who's in the grand final. Uh, what's happening? Emphatic, emphatically through to the grand final as well. <laughs> the, the two top There's teams for the entirety doubt. of the year. Well, apparently Just I heard nothing went about, about their business for, for hours this week. But, it was um, a shocking forward pass. It was really fast, but <laughs> what do you do? Don't think it cost them the game. Uh, actually going pretty good. How are you, mate? I'm going all right too. Very good. Yeah, very good. Getting through school holidays now, so doing my best. Yeah, how's that? How's that treat now? So I've Next three days are away, so we'll uh, get a bit of rest and recuperation before the grand final. But um, it's yeah. good. Uh, just to quickly mention that, um, actually, a quick shout out to Jamie, actually, friend of the show, who took Elijah out to my young fella out to the Panthers Open saw that. evening and uh, or morning, and he had a great time and met a few of the players and got his photo with Spencer Lenu and Dungo and a few others. So he had a great day. So thanks, Jamie, for that. I a couple of beers there. But How long did he talk at you before he stopped <laughs> when you got uh, home? He wasn't too bad. He actually went for a walk uh, with Mariah. So, uh, right. Um, it was all right. Yeah. It was all right. But he was oh. happy. He was a happy boy. So. My little one comes home excited. It's a good 45 minutes before she takes a break. Oh, yeah, they, they do that as well, which is good. Aria does that. Except the funny thing Aria does is you'll be in the middle of a conversation with her in the car. Yeah. And she'll be talking, so yeah, Dad, so then we went and then we got some chicken nuggets and Spotto, and then we just, <laughs> <laughs> she, she just drops it in if she has yellow car. Yeah, yeah and right. then I got to pat all the puppies to Spotto, and they're really cute. And, <laughs> anyway, that's what she does. Um, cool. I don't, as you can tell, we don't have much else to talk about here, but from two games of season's footy. season's pretty much done. Mm. There's not, not a lot of news floating around, and if there is, it's probably pretty inconsequential for a couple of months anyway. Exactly. So... so uh, look, there are a couple of re-signings, but off the top of my head, Bryce Cartwright and uh, Rimu Greg both re-signed of power. Cool. Good for them. We're going to review their season shortly. Uh, yeah, not much else going on. Uh, talk about the grand final in the next show. We'll have a comprehensive preview of that. Uh, and we will... Get into it, I suppose. Yeah, let's, look back at some, <laughs> let's look back at some pretty good performances here. Uh, there were two very good performances, uh, namely from the winners. The first we kicked off uh, in, well, conference it was a word here, 38-4 to four, Penrith over the Storm Friday night. How did the stats reflect? Well, these two reviews happened? could almost be exactly the same. Just <laughs> change well, out struggled, Penrith for Brisbane. I was struggling to think of what more to say apart I from I came that. up with a little bits and pieces here and there, but, yeah, very similar performances from these two. Top-class teams. Penrith 38, Storm 4, 6 tries to 1, 5 out of 6 conversions, played a missed conversion for the Storm, 2 out of 2 penalty attempts for Penrith, 2 no attempts for the Storm. 87% completion, played 65% from Melbourne, 482-plus run metres and 159-plus post-contact metres for the Penrith side. 8 line breaks to 4, 50 tackle busts for Penrith, 29 for Melbourne, 8 offloads to 7, 3 force dropouts from Penrith, 291 tackles, played 381 you got to make an extra 90 tackles in a game. You're in for a tough night. Eight errors to 13. Four penalties conceded to nine. One ruck infringement to two. And two inside the 10 against the Melbourne side. Uh, very quickly, that I thought this first half played almost exactly as we thought it might. That mm-hmm. The Melbourne four packs did aim up. They, I, uh, I thought they were probably on top for about 15 minutes. Fifth, but yeah. couldn't come with points. And the minute nah. Nelson went off, that was the end of the section. Mm-hmm. To be honest, uh, but they seemed a little nervous for mine, Melbourne. Well, and especially just, their playmakers. The only thing I want to make a point of is that they did strip Penrith probably four times in mm-hmm. that first half and should have nearly scored three or four times. And said they dropped three of them <laughs> or threw it in a touch or did uh, he did not have a night to remember? No, he did not. Did uh, young um, 
Arium, but it but they w- were in the contest for that part, but then yep. it was just complete suffocation after that. Yeah, they're probably better in the middle of the field. Um, like Benrith came with the energy. Both teams came out real real quick for that first 10 or 15 minutes. But the Storm were probably shading them in the middle of the field. Um, and that rotation, as soon as it came in, it was around the 21-minute mark, I think it was, that Nelson came off the field. And it just completely changed. Like, as soon as Penrith injected some of those guys off the bench, they just kept running. Like, and Melbourne started going backwards. You'd see it in the run metres. There was not a forward that ran over 100 metres for Melbourne Storm. There was only four players in their side that did, and it was a two centres, a winger, and a fullback. <laughs> so good luck trying to get over the top of the Penrith side with those kind of outputs from, from, from uh, your forwards. But um, it just seemed like there was an air of um, inevitability about what was going to happen. You know what I mean? It, even looked, it was funny because even it was mentioned, oh, it's at home, but I think the missus even mentioned before Melbourne took, walked out in the field, they looked as nervous as I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this might sound like a bit of a wank saying it, but it's true that they looked, they just were in the dressing room very quietly, yep. got in a little huddle and quietly walked out the tunnel. It was, yeah, it's different looking in the eyes, from especially from Hughes and Munster. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as soon as the, those changes rung in, it just felt like it was going to be a walkover. Mm. Like, because Penrith really, they, that's, they did what they do every 15 minutes or so, they go up a level. And if you can't go with them, which was about, you know, they only had to go up the one level in this game and then they just continued to go. And, yeah, Melbourne were blown off the park, realistically. Um, Melbourne struggled to create opportunities or even cash in. Like, as you said, there was three or four times they did in that first half. But in the second half, I don't think there was one opportunity created out of um, the creative players from the Melbourne side. The only bloke who really looked like creating opportunities was either Harry Grant around the ruck with some, a bit of nice passing with some short balls to a few forwards or um, Justin Ollum just breaking tackles mm-hmm. out there. Like he was their best outside back by a fair way. Yeah. Whereas Penrith just seemed like every time they touched the ball, they were a threat. Like they, they were constantly challenging both both edges of the ruck um, and the and the far extreme edges as well with Toto and Taruva just seemed to carve through at different times and Storm couldn't do anything to stop them. So. Tua was outsta- like absolutely outstanding uh, and just, un- uh, yeah, unstoppable at times. I thought he was he had his best game maybe since his time last year and he's had some good games at the back end of this year, but I thought he was uh, phenomenal, as was Taruva. Didn't have as much Im- impact, but it's a couple of key runs. Uh, he just um, had the same effect. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Seve and I think of Brisbane... But the, the hope Brisbane can take out of this game is that they you can score early against them. Mm-hmm. Teams have done it, but you've got to execute. You have to, you can't oh, miss your shot. You're going to get two shots. You have to score twelve points mm-hmm. if you're going to beat Penrith this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Melbourne couldn't do that. Uh, and I th- honestly thought the Mel- Melbourne spine were disappointing after that. I oh, just yeah, think 100%. they were completely outclassed and had no one else go with them. They just seemed to get want to get to their set most of the game and yeah. just kick the ball down the other end and yeah. hope that Penrith would make a mistake. There didn't seem to be any sort of um, set-up plays or uh, any constant threat with either passing or even running. There wasn't, you know, Olam seemed like the only bloke who was going to break mm. a tackle. They, I know they got Kamakamika and Nelson there, but uh, and incidentally, after Nelson's couple of cheap shots, you notice he didn't have a single run yeah. after that. He had no interest in running after that, after he... Push clear over, and I just lost I his head and started that. carrying on. Now he had yeah. six runs in, for the whole game. For the whole game, they would have all been in that first fifteen. That first minutes. ten minutes, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, and Kamakamika was strong early as well, and uh, 
Walsh did a bit of, you know, did a decent enough job, but there's, there was definitely no threat from that forward pack. Apart from maybe Katoa. I thought Katoa had... was He was probably their best player on the field, actually, at least mm. Katoa. He did continue to work and um, sort of broke half, broke a tackle here and there. But, um, yeah, they, they they really were, were... Well, as you said, Nelson was a non-factor after he started carrying around and <laughs> carrying on and being an idiot. Um, King had a decent game, as did Welsh and Kamakamika. But, yeah, Katoa was their best. Very good performance for Penrith. I was like... Cogger and um, who's the bloke that came from Tigers? Garner weren't really needed, so they didn't get a lot of minutes and there wasn't a lot of involvement from those two. But everybody else in the side, you know, at least did what they needed to do. This is one of the penis performances where if you gave a point to any single one of them, apart from the two you mentioned, mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Taruva, Martin and Leota were all good. Fisher, Harris and Sorensen I thought were great. Probably Fisher's best game again this yeah. year. He's had a quite issue by his standards and they are lofty standards. Yeah, yeah. At least we hold him to that. And I thought he was very impressive. Most destructive, especially in that first half when yeah. it was really it was on the line. Yeah. yeah, He was belting blokes. And in defence too. Like you do normally see him, he normally puts one or two shots on, but he was consistently knocking blokes backwards in defence as well, which is um, something you don't see all the time. Yo, I thought was awesome again in and around that uh, Middle of the field, he he controlled that. You saw, I, I from mine, clearly played a bit wider in this game. Yeah. Didn't go into the line as much and let Yo really control that. Uh, what was going to happen in and around the the edges of both rucks? It was either up, it was up to Yo whether they were going to run the ball or if he was just going to dish it on and they were going to go wide. So yeah. I thought he was um yeah really good there and then Cleary and Toto were their best two players. They yeah. were brilliant. A couple of those Yo runs even late in the game where he just had that, he has that. Same footwork every time, that in the line, shuffle a bit left, half yes. poke your head through. <laughs> half a step his off arms both all of a sudden are free, and all of a sudden he's made another five or ten. Yeah. Uh, late in the game, he was still producing that. I thought he was fantastic. Liam Martin has had an amazing three months. Mm-hmm. I think there's no coincidence that um, Penrith's resurgence, if you can call it that, they're never really in trouble, but the streak they've gone on coincides. Their attacks Liam really Martin. picked up, though, since, since the back of origin. He's yeah, been yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mitch Kenny probably doesn't get enough reps, but he has mm-hmm. been where, where he stood Solid last year. Those, yeah. He um, well, 40 tackles again. But oh, he's his brilliant his in service defense, was yeah. very, very good in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, we lamented that a little bit, but it does help they shorten it up a little bit for him. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't see him throwing the big, uh, the big bullet passes that a yeah. lot of the halves do throw, but um, they play to their strengths. They it's obviously you know, they work around the, what, what they've got in their team and they do it better than anybody else, realistically. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah, Edwards was great in that sort of the last twenty minutes. Came into his yeah, own, a bit sniffing around, well. causing problems. Mm-hmm. The, really just, good with that backup play. Just what, what a what a, a fantastic team to watch. Um, hard team to analyse sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I'll go. If you, I'll, so I'll go three two o two Cleary. Or you go another. I round. had it the other way around, but Fair I'm enough. happy to go with two o. Fair enough. And one to Yo. Yep, hundred um, percent. But. Are there any more takeaways? Oh, sort of whirlwinded through that game, but probably gets more back towards. Um, um, I just want to mention Jerome Lowe was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah absolutely. Him, but Luai is as Luai does, and Luai mm. did Luai. We drew, game. drew in a lot of defence. Yeah. Like he, did. Well, he created the, uh, that probably two tries. Like mm-hmm. had an impact in two tries. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he ran back through the middle and uh, changes direction, up. goes back yeah. the opposite, completely opposite way, so, and drags blokes with him. Um, so, you know, we, we have been critical of him at times this year, but I thought he was very good in this game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, can't fault anyone else here. They probably didn't send as much traffic at him as I thought they would have. No. I thought they would have tried to single him out a little bit more. 
especially coming back off a shoulder injury. But um, I wonder how much that is conscious Penrith protection and conscious mm, probably a bit of know, both. Or Storm mm. not really having the ability. Look, end of the day, they seemed a bit lost. They didn't really seem. But to their, have their spine much hasn't clicked since they've all went back. To be honest, no, that's true. I would. Jerome um, Hughes actually seemed better when Munster wasn't around yeah. there for a four week period and or whatever. And Harry it was. Grant, I know he's you know a fair chance of winning all these gongs, and we gave he ended up in our team of the year. But I don't think he's had a a great season by his not standards. compared to last year. No, he, like he there was what three games he maybe single handedly won when he you know had everything go his way. But I don't think he's been on the level of some of these other hookers. No, at their best, uh, and we'll say all this. He's with just consistent, That's but he's a player. Yeah. Yes. He makes his 40 tackles every week and he's generally involved with one or two of their attacking raids that comes by with points. So. We we will review the Melbourne season itself next week, uh, but I think they're probably overachieved. Probably a week after. Today. The maybe. fact they're a week away from a grand final. Yeah, however, whatever yeah. time works out. Um, they're, to be a week away from the grand final is probably overachieving for what this... Yeah, a little bit flattered. I think there was um, this definite gulf between the teams that... The top three and the bottom of the eight, those five teams that all just sort of... You can see from the way the ladder plan p- panned out where anyone from 14th up until third could have pretty much swapped positions in that last two weeks of the comp. I think so. I, I will go as far to say, though, if Roosters had have snuck home last week, <coughs> they put up a better fight than Melbourne. Quite possibly. I don't say they win, but mm. I think they don't get lapped. They would have created more opportunity, scoring and opportunities. And that's dependent on, you know, if they get Manu Swali back and whoever mm. else, then they're more in the game. I but swear they, their halves would have asked a lot more questions, if, I would imagine. If the Roosters were full strength against Melbourne, they should have beaten them. They probably should have anyway. And then Melbourne, and then th- I think they would have been more resilient mm. in some of that goal line defence. Well, they would have. It's factual. They but both the, the teams that lost this week were pretty much running low. You know, they were scraping through at the end of the that's season. Right. They were yeah. nowhere near their best they're coming into the back end that's of right. the year. So. Um, that's the only thought I had that I would have loved to have, it would have been very interested to see how Roosters would have stacked up mm. against Penrith. Just making them think a bit different. Anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. They would have good. scored a couple more tries, I would imagine. Yeah, just maybe make them score 30 against 18 or 20 and have a few more moments. But anyway, we get to the other outstanding performance of the weekend and it was the other best team in the comp, Brisbane, who put 42-12 to 12 on the Warriors. Uh, in a very impressive and physical display, we got what we wanted for a lot of it, uh, but the the tank was empty. The Warriors, simple as that. Was the last sort of what fifteen twenty minutes, they backed that off a little bit, and they were nowhere near as physical. But that first hour, they just yeah. belted <laughs> belted through the front door of the Warriors, and they just did it every, pretty much every set. Yeah, they were making massive meters in behind the markers, just. Time and time again. Do you want to knock out some stats and you can keep going? Yeah, seven tries to three, seven out of seven conversions for the Broncos, three misses for the Warriors. A missed two-point field goal for Reynolds right on halftime, 82% completion for the Broncos, 77% for the Warriors, 298-plus running metres and 145-plus post-contact metres for Brisbane. 11 line breaks to four, 48 tackle bus to 31, 23 offloads to 14, one force dropout for Brisbane. 299 tackles played, 324, 10 errors to nine, five penalties conceded from both teams, two ruck infringements to one, and one inside the 10 against the Warriors. And a send-off, uh, not a send-off, a sin bin mm-hmm. uh, for the Warriors. Both teams, again, came out for that first sort of 20-minute period and really ripped into each other, putting in plenty of energy and, um, you know, uh, creating as much as they could. Uh, 
I thought Brisbane had the better of most of the game, apart from probably a in couple a, of minutes early. In all fairness, early. even when Dallin scored that intercept, yeah. Brisbane were all over him. That game was over in a 10-minute market when he scored the 11-minute intercept. Yeah. If, well, he, they, if he doesn't take it, they score, and it's probably more 56 than yeah. to 6. Well, they got down to... They got down Brisbane's end early with on the back of a penalty and a, an error, which gave them the opportunity, and they managed to you know put up a nice little play to score that first try. Um, Broncos hit back with Walters, who I think probably played the best game I've ever seen yes, him play in first grade. He was fucking amazing. <laughs> He's getting out and probing around the ruck, bringing his forwards onto the ball with some really nice passing, and some of the some of his running was dynamic. He was getting in behind and carving them to pieces, which just led to quick play the balls. And you give quick play the balls to Carrigan and Hass off the back of it, and Tommy Flegler. And good luck trying to stop the momentum going through the middle of the field. Um, Brisbane did a really good job of doing that. You know, two two or three quick tackles through the middle of the field and then hit the edges. And um, there wasn't a lot of setup plays. They did play a bit similar to Penrith, where it was go to one side. If it doesn't work there, you swing it back straight back to the other side and have another crack down the other side of the field. Um, but, yeah, just the way they carved through the middle of the field was massive. Uh, against the Warriors team, they couldn't really do much. They put up a, a pretty good effort, but by probably, what, 25-minute mark, they were starting to look like the season has taken a toll on this Warriors team. Yeah. Like they had hands on hips, they were breathing heavy. Torhu Harris looked like he was beaten to death after about five minutes of this game <laughs> and continued on to be their best forward on the field by a fair space. Like he was, again, he's, we've been saying it for weeks now that he's, you know, every second or third tackle he makes, he's grabbing an ankle or a knee or his back or well, I'm shoulder. Or... He's completely rooted. He's probably going to go and just lie down for six months <laughs> yeah, and then come out and do it again. And be well needed. But, um, yeah, he continued. Just he just kept, he just keeps turning up, mate. Every every time he's needed, he's there. Um, but yeah, the momentum from Walters was what really struck me early in this game. He was really controlling that ruck and getting the, getting his big guys through that front door. Um, I think if maybe Pompey lands a couple of those goals early, you might have seen a bit more. The energy last a little bit longer yeah. for the Warriors just because they might have been a bit closer. You, it's, like, it's one of those things. But, it's when, when you're it's three tries to, to four at half time. Uh, and you're trying and to you're keep that by 12. ball in the air, mm. and the, the ball's going quite flat when you're kicking goals. You can you can get a bit bumped up when you're, mm. you're 12 or six ahead. And it, yeah, well, if they're only four behind going into half time, yeah, probably the energy the, probably absolutely. does last a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, they weren't. I'd walk over in the second half. As I mentioned, the forwards from the Warriors really started to look um, beaten and tired after a long season. Uh, they were just no match in the middle and the outside backs really started carving apart. Like Herbie had a field day in that last half an hour of this game. He was just breaking tackles for fun. He was trying to score six or seven tries. <laughs> I think he got close on about five different occasions <laughs> and um, pulled up short as well as the one that he did score. Um, he was tremendous in this game. I wanted to give, there was four or five blokes I wanted to give the man of the match for in the Broncos for this team. I thought it was a fantastic performance. As I mentioned, the last 15, 20 minutes, the Broncos Took their foot off as well. They probably could have made this 50 or 60 by the end of the game because they were just carving, they were just breaking the line of the Warriors at will at the end of the game. You've managed to go uh, six minutes into a review of this game and not even mention Reese Walsh. So well done on that. <laughs> it was phenomenal as well. Uh, Reese Lightning, as he was christened by Vossi mm -hmm. a few minutes in, but. Uh, he again had one of those games where he lit the stadium up where he could, they could have scored another four tries. Yeah, absolutely. The very he tried came off. Um, and, I, and I love the fact he's got the balls to keep trying it. Um, yeah, there was two or three errors as well, obviously so the yeah, intercept yeah. and two two other times where 
the pass doesn't go to hand. And there was a kick in that end up kick across field. That was a seven tackle set that would have been close to a try. Could have easily like provided another couple of tries. Yeah. Was it three try assists? I think and. Four or five line breaks off his own bat, yeah. plus the line break assists and all the rest of he did Six on the back of it. Six line break assists, three try assists, yeah. four tackle busts and a line break. So yeah. not a bad night out for him. Uh, uh, that that one where uh, the try that he's put Walters away for Walters' second try, where he's basically mm. standing at the back of the line with his hands on his hips. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, shit, the shape's coming out to Reynolds and just explodes onto that ball. Yeah. Ezra Man might have been a little short ball just out in front of him and he just went through. They didn't. Two blokes both turned, tried to turn inside and get him and they didn't get within a metre off him. I he love, was gone and out I, the I other side. I love those ones where they have the, and they have that every game, but they have that, the, the fox tracker or like the, 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 the thing spider like, cam. And it follows, it and it follows yeah. the, the angle you don't see yeah. and just see it open up. I, I love those shots. Like. And yeah, the way he just, all he did was straighten and he was yeah. gone and there was not a hand even close to him as yeah. he went through the line and then just positioned Walters perfectly to go in under the post for Walters' second try. Um, yeah, he was um, ama- he was amazing. He, just, um, he was one that I wanted to give man of the match, and you know, he's in my numbers, but I d- he didn't get the three. And ultimately, Payne House ran 230 metres as well, just for good measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breaking tackles and just constantly taking players with him with post-contact metres. Made 30-odd tackles on the back of that as well. They, they approached this game with the template, I think, close to it. With what they're going to bring next week. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the preview. but uh, uh, And that's exciting to see because we're going to get the grand final that... We're going to get probably the best grand final in the four years Penrith have been in one. And everyone was talking about the um, the offloads that they ended up throwing in these games. Like they threw 15, 16 offloads, which is... Oh, sorry. What was it? Was it 23 offloads that they ended up throwing in this game. And it was about 15 in the first half. But that was off the back of just the physicality that they had, yeah. being able to bump blokes out of a tackle and having their hands free. Like, they won't be going in expecting to throw all these offloads against Penrith. No. If they get the opportunity, obviously they'll give it a go, but it's just being able to... When you're that dominant through the middle of the field, you're able to separate your tackler away from your arms and get the ball away. So it was just more about their quick... They were trying to generate quick play the balls, yeah. and off the back of that came offloads. This might sound weird. Penrith are a little bit offload proof in the fact they don't get sucked out of the line they a lot. Stick and, they stick yeah, hit and stick either, a lot better yeah. than most. Whereas yeah. your lower teams, are, there's when you've got Normally four blocks already on pain, off. then there's yeah. a lot of space everywhere else. But yeah. uh, anyway, we'll talk about it soon. Um, watching this Warriors team, like you got to half time and they limped there. And I, it, it, I was just thinking, I was like, they've got RTS next year. Yes. So things are going to be better. There's, yep. there's an upward trajectory. They've got a bit of... And, and those centres are always the red flags. They've mm-hmm. had good enough years. They've scored plenty of points. But they're not... RTS. They're not <laughs> RTS. I know but, well, they're not, in, they're not the class of the Crichton... Stags, Farmworth. Tango, Farmworth, Stags. RTS is. Mm-hmm. So... And yes, like I said, he's, he's 32 or whatever he is now. But he's going to... I assume he's going to come into play centre. Make the most you sense. You would think so, yeah. Uh, and with the year having been there, done it, I think they're going to be a force we reckon with next year. So I think there's up. But they could also become the Cowboys of next year quite easily. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, they have all the same markings as that. So uh, we'll wait and see, obviously. And we've got plenty of reviews and previews to go on the bridge for them. But that was, <laughs> that was my thinking sort of through this game that 
it'll be better next year for this run. Yeah, well, they got every inch out of them, realistically. You know, every drop of fuel out of them to get to where they got mm -hmm. to this year. Um, another full pre-season with the same, well, very similar squad, you would imagine. And no World Cup to Hopefully bust be, open. Yeah. Um, like, you're not going to have Torhu and Co coming off a World Cup. Yep. Uh, you're not going to have... Yeah, but that's it. Toy's now going to be 30. Obviously, six, seven. A lot of it's always about older. suspensions and injuries and, and who yeah. you can keep on the field at the back end of the season. But expect them to still be quite competitive at the back end of next year, <laughs> if not better than what they were this year. Yeah. Um, I thought Chance had a very good game, mm -hmm. as did uh, Ford and Barnett. They worked really hard. Um, Torhu was easily their best forward, as I mentioned. He was busted pretty much from kickoff and just kept on coming. And Dallin had a brilliant game to add to his yeah. brilliant season. He's, he's been remarkable this year from where he came from uh, in previous years. Paliasia, Ricky, Kate will all were good. Um, their halves all both had really good contributions in this game. And as did Cobbo, I thought he was very good as well. Uh, just throw in a million of them. Carrigan and Walsh were awesome. And Hass, Walters and Farnworth were brilliant. Like they, those five blokes, they, any one of them could have been close to close enough to man of the match. I think I'm going to go Reese Walsh, mm -hmm. Payne Haas, Billy Walters. Yep. But I want, I want Party wants to give a point to Torhu, uh, but that he get beat by 30. And and then, but the other cases I'm sure you'll make, I, I respect as well. What do you think? Yeah, I had a Haas as the man of the match. I just thought that he was the one who laid the foundations early. Without him, Walsh doesn't get the kind of yep. space that he got at the back end of and it. And the narrative in this game was beating the Warriors forward pack. Yes. And he beat 100%. Warriors for And then I had so, Walsh so. because obviously he was the man that created yeah. pretty much everything off the back of that. And I couldn't split Farmworth and Walters. Uh, Walters probably did it when it was more important at the start end of the game. So probably he would be getting the one. But um, just the fact that Farnworth was just a constant threat and easily the best of their, yeah. or apart from Walsh, easily uh, are their outside Give it to Walters. Okay, we'll, go we'll go Haas, Walsh, Walters. Yep. And uh, what a grand final we're going to preview in the next show. Alrighty. Anything? Final thoughts from the third week of the finals? Yeah, the two dominant teams for the majority of the year were dominant again at the back. You know, uh, it just really sets up for this grand final that we're going to see on Sunday. Um, probably the two best forward packs in the comp. And um, well, we saw three of the best best forward packs in the competition in just this weekend, and it just shows how much how important they. Um, a firing fallback is to get you to, to the top of the ladder. And the three best halfbacks. That I helps. There's no coincidence <laughs> as well. So, anyway, we've uh, that's the look back at what happened there. Uh, a bit of housekeeping. Check out regleaguemerch.com and buy some uh, beautiful hats and shirts and steins and some good-looking stuff. We'll uh, brainstorm some fresh stuff soon, Barnum. Yeah, yeah. Get something out there. Uh, and we'll also be, uh, yeah, leave us some feedback on YouTube especially. Thanks for all the comments that have come through on YouTube. And uh, you can find us on Threads, Instagram, and on uh, Facebook. Uh, I've shit-canned X, as stated previously. <laughs> and we'll get into, anything else you want to talk about? Let's get into our review of the next four in line. <laughs> what went wrong? I'm going to kick off with the Manly Seagulls who finished eleventh, uh, and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. You want to? Uh, how do you want to do this? You want to get stuck into some stats? You want to Just tick off a couple of numbers to start yep. it off? Uh, Eleven wins, one draw, and twelve losses for the season. 
three buys, which everybody else had, obviously, and a differential of positive six, <laughs> which is pretty much, you know, if you run middle of the road, that's probably where you're going to be looking at those kind of numbers. Average 22.7 a game, points four and 22 against. So that gets you <laughs> your plus six at the back end. Um, last in penalties conceded. Wow. Only conceded 24 for – or equal last, sorry. With the – I think it was – That tires. might tie into the other stat which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, first in 40-20s and it wasn't DCE. It was Croker who kicked well, four of them out of dummy DC, half. But yeah. No, but he got four of them. DCE only got the two. Really? So, yeah, which yeah. was a surprising one that I saw. Um, last in missed tackles. But also last in tackles made. So mm. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that is, whether they've just completely... Well, maybe discipline makes some sense there. Less piggybacks, less doubling down. Yeah, yeah. Not having to turn around and make um, repeat a, sets yeah, against for, I, off I, the I back of penalties. I didn't see that stat, but when you run 11th, what does it actually mean? I don't know. I dare say there was a few tackles that weren't counted as missed tackles or tackles yeah. attempted. <laughs> and yeah. People just running away to score points, which might have been something there. Um, Jason Saab was their top try scorer with 14, which was 19th overall. Um, Garrick got plenty of points, kicked 60-odd goals, um, was up there with the points as well. It was around eighth, I think, overall for, for points scored for the, the Manly side. All their stats were pretty much middle of the road, man. Uh, there was just so many of them that were middle of the road. Hamoli Olakawatu was eighth in post-contact metres, which is a tick towards him, and um, 28th for tackle bust, but he was their highest performer in the tackle bust margin with 88 of those. So, so, you know, he had a pretty good season. Obviously, he was a bit cold at he, different um, points. He had, well, but. His stats are very impressive. Uh, they stacked up well against across all spectrums. Yep. What that actually means, uh, any, any any other key stats you're touching on, we might get in our chat. Uh, apart from DCE with his kick metres, obviously third in kick metres. On average, I think he was I think he was second on average. Who with that, Moses and... Uh, Chad was actually really? with kick meters, yeah, because they needed some help getting out of their own <laughs> end, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, yeah, nothing really else that really jumps out except for Jake Trebojevic gave away the most ruck infringements in the really? game <laughs> with 12. I suppose when you make a squillion tackles, then you probably give away yeah. a few ruck infringements as well. But And he, he makes tackles he doesn't actually have to make a lot of the time as well. <laughs> yeah. um, they're interesting on Manly because, uh, well, I'll start with Olukawatu because... On paper, statistically, he stacks up against just about any second row in the comp. Mm -hmm. But in actual impact across a season, does that reflect, do you think, or does it... No, there was just some games where he, he was really on a tear and, he, and yeah, just, and like... He'd get two or three of those tries. a couple of tries. And try, break, yeah, and that's how it felt. Tackles. Particularly after Origin, after he got half yeah, snubbed yeah. for Origin. I don't think he had a tremendous back end. No, he didn't. Um, so he's an interesting one. Sort of manly, and then the others. I Lachlan Croker had a fantastic year. Well, when it gets to them as well, when yeah. it gets to them. Um, but in, in the general manly season, when, when this has shown up when they are heavily driven by a salary crap controlled by four players, yes, 100%. And what we get is six or seven players on the field that probably wouldn't make. Twelve other first grade teams. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I won't name the names. We'll um, get to them. I've, I've got a few names here. And then, but then, you, then when you lose your million dollar player, it leaves a big gap. 
Uh, but he wasn't even that effective when he was on no. the field at the start of the year, no, um, to be honest. I've got a thought for later as well. So, mm-hmm. But they do have good, great points of attack at their best. Um, they're a very good attacking team. They're a team I like to watch. They're actually yes, a boring team, um, which is always a tick for me, mm-hmm. given we we're in the entertainment business. Uh, and, and points of attack in DCE, the best um, back foot halfback in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, a, had almost a career year. Can't say his career because he has won comps. But as good a year as he's had in forever. Yep. Um, absolutely outstanding. And teams have been enjoying his footy and could probably play to four. He could be the next Cameron Smith if he wants to. <laughs> he wants to play 300 now. Yep. He could probably do another four seasons in a dinner suit if he really wanted to. Uh, and if his body holds up. Uh, and then the combination with Croker, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, gives him another point of attack. And he was fantastic. He had a breakout year. Um, you throw in Olkowatu. We'll get to the outside backs a bit later. But uh, any thoughts on any of them, first of all? Yeah, as I said, Croker had a fantastic year. He was their leading tackler, who was 17th in the list with 858. Um, Jake was actually the highest average, though. He was averaging 40 tackles a game, which is not unusual for that bloke. Um, for mine, there was some just real uninspired efforts. There were some of these games where they just did not seem interested. Yeah. Um, and I'd say half of their losses were probably off the back of, you know, really poor efforts, which you'd... You didn't. You don't really ex- expect out of Manly that much, to be honest. They're generally always sort of having a go, but I, I thought probably four or five games that they lost this year, they just weren't interest, just weren't in for the game. I don't know what whether that comes back to a relationship with a coach or something around their training or what happens there. But um, yeah, there was a couple of yeah, as I mentioned, games where they just did not seem interested at all. They're a very they're, interesting club in that I think they're almost the most politically driven club. In the comp. Yeah, the board does seem to have a and lot of players. And player managers have a lot of power at that club. Yep. Uh, Two thirds of their roster are under a couple of player managers. And we've seen that with all the ones that have jumped to the Tigers. And mm-hmm. all the one, and there's no coincidence, six Tigers players have jumped ship in the last Come two back, years yeah. as well. Yep. Uh, so you've got that aspect. And then you've got, there's always intrigue at Borg level when between uh, whoever. Are the pens still there? Are they still yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. They, they did have the a... layers a, in between. The they Fortnite, had some Fortnite factions and the yeah. everything else. Um, but it, it feels like... It, and I feel like that bleeds a lot into those uninspired performances at times because their very best is very good. And, and yes. back in the last three weeks, they put 40 on teams. Yes, correct. In a, in a canter. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and beat... Uh, and beat... I didn't really beat any top teams, actually. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I the forward like, pack yeah. seems to have a split personality. Like, yeah. they can be dominant <laughs> again, which goes back to some of that stuff. But there was games there where they were completely dominant in the middle of the field, and then there was other games where they just were getting completely dominated, like mm. like nothing else. Like, look like one of the worst forward packs in the competition. Yeah. And, yeah, that really hurts your team. Um, they seem to have... Constant issues on both sides of the ball out wide, yeah. whether it be handling errors and the attack just completely falling apart out wide and defensive issues out there. Um, there's a few of those guys, that, as you mentioned before, probably don't fit into a lot of other first-grade well, clubs. Um, a good time for me to crowbar any other point in that one of their starting edges would have been Tuolungi, who came over from mm-hmm. Tigers with a spruik. And didn't had three like, or four really good games and then just well, disappeared into the ether. Grade. Now he's gone to Parramatta. Yeah. They couldn't flick him fast enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Schuster. So when you got that combination one side, you're hamstrung. Yep. It doesn't leave you a lot to work with, does it? 
No, that's right. And um, that's the way I was... I've cited a little bit of a different format this week with looking back at these teams. I went and had a look at maybe some standouts, some positives mm-hmm. and negatives in, in their roster in the, at the last couple of weeks of the yep. season. So, um, obviously, the standouts in DCE... Uh, Lachlan Croker and Ola Kawatu, uh, when he's at his best, obviously they're the standouts in this team for this season. Um, Saab, Garrick, Cooler, all positives moving forward. A lot of pace, a lot of... I'll add Sipley in if we're talking last... Yeah, yeah. Last th- two months. When he was on the field, Sipley, yeah, 100%. Um, goes in necklace. I thought he yeah, yeah, his last, finish. what, five or six weeks was yeah. brilliant. Um, there's a borderline uh, blokes like Dean Madison... Jake Trebojevic was a bit borderline this mm. year. Um, obviously, injuries affected him a fair bit. And um, Ethan Bullimore was a bit, like, yeah. had really good games. And then you throw in some of those games where he wasn't so great. And um, uh, There's a couple of these plays, and it's interesting because you forget, like, we're burnt out trying to do this every week with the family and everything else. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, as much as we love it. But someone like Jake Trebojevic has played a World Cup. Yep. He, he hasn't had a. He's been up since February from uh, no when we no up since November last year with the World Cup. He's come back. Has played a full Origin series. No, two Origin. He didn't. Yeah, but he wasn't around the first one. Yep. And dragged to this way. So I can forgive. I, I just feel like some of these players. I think even some of those Roosters players in the same boat. Even yeah, hundred percent. You'd almost be like, right? I don't want to see you until. Yeah. I don't want to see you till twenty. Sorry, obviously, yeah. They, they, you know that when they come back, they're going to work hard. But they had so. an average con- season compared to the previous ones. Yeah. But you still expect them to probably be, be better next year. Yes, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's some question, some serious question marks in this team. Obviously, Tuolangi, as you said, is already gone. Um, ben Draboyevich, we've <laughs> he did have a couple of good games at the back end of the year where they were going well. But obviously, there's question marks around whether he becomes a first grader or not. Uh, Aaron Woods, I'm pretty sure he's going to. I think he's, he's, gone. I think I he's think gone anyway. He's retired, or is going to go to the coaching staff or something. But I wouldn't hate him coming back and being given the Tigers' um, average age is going to be like 19 next year. I wouldn't hate him coming back and say a train and trial at the Tigers yeah, and being yeah. a do his yeah, 90 uh, meters, do his 10 hit ups for 90 meters. Yeah, and, like just it's just another because the rest of them are. Well, anyway, different story. But, but the biggest question marks are obviously tu- uh, Turbo with his injuries. Um, no, it's obviously no knock on his skill, but he, <laughs> well, he's now, big it's, out it's for now, the it's year. Now four years in a row where he's yeah. played thirty percent. If that, yeah. yeah, and like he almost won a Dally M off what thirteen games, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But you need him for at least thirteen games, obviously, don't you? <laughs> and he's what did he play four or five this year. Yeah. And um, Schuster's the biggest question mark, I think, Manly have. Uh, they want to make him a back rower. I don't think he's got the um, he doesn't have the work the attitude. You need to be a workhorse. Well, you need the attitude to start with. Exactly. <laughs> you need to want to do it to begin with. Yeah. And he just seems to be a bloke who wants to just you know throw the the pretty passes to set set up tries or score them and yourself and do the you know the the stuff that other people can't do. And yeah, he does have a very high skill barrier, but his attitude is very questionable at the moment. So, given he's on eight hundred. Maybe the best thing that can happen to him is go to Super League and just beat up some people for a bit or at least work it out or be yeah. next to an old head or something. And they, and they need a, a rotation of their forwards. They they really did have some problems once that bench rotation came in with yeah. the forward pack. So that's another question mark for them moving into next year. So next year they've got Luke Brooks coming in. Great. Look, that's an, ex- an exciting – if you're a Manly fan, I think you rightfully should be okay with that. Um, some people won't be, but – Outside DC, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. 
Well, the, but this then, kind then of talk probably Tommy a couple Talau. of months down the road. Of course. But, yeah. And they've got Tommy Talao, Jackson Paulo, and, uh, <laughs> and Asitasi James, who's a big body. Probably add some starch to the bench. But the, the thing that caught me, in the last month, the more I thought about it, the more I thought if I was Seabold, I would be aiming to try and have Cooler at one yeah. and Turbo and Garrick in the centres and then work the rest out whether it's Tuapalutu, whether it's Vega, whether it's Saab. But I think that gives you an explosive, a genuinely explosive fullback. Yeah, you know, tons of pace. You can have the, the fastest 5'8 yeah. in the comp or someone in the conversation thereof. You know, DC, doesn't, he's even more dinner suited up because he doesn't have to run at all. Uh, and Turbo can play, and Turbo can play first well. res- either yeah. first receiver or be popping off Luke Brooks or popping off, coming back up the inside off Croker. Like, yep. I would be looking at that, and that becomes a scary prospect if you keep simply if you get the fight up Sipley's and Pasekas and Lokoatu's on the field. They can well, be a dangerous. Pasekas probably a bit of a question mark as well. Even well, at his sure best, he's fantastic, but he's never he, has, he hasn't uh, reached those. As long as we've been doing this show, he has yeah. three games a year where he's the best forward row, best front row you've ever seen. On the and weekend, then, yeah, and then the next yeah. weekend he's not yeah. <laughs> by a long way. Yeah. Mm. So, I, I'm semi excited to see how many go next year. I think there are genuine chance of. Getting to the eight, the other yeah, loss. In, in, well, anyone basically that didn't finish in the last sort of three are a definite chance of getting into the eight mm. next year. So. Will Flanagan leaving here have an impact? Is it is that exposing? Seabold? I would imagine so. Is there a concern there? I would. I would think so. Um, I feel like some of their mad scientist stuff they came up with through the year, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all DCE, but I feel like Flanagan had a bit of a... I think he's got a very good eye for young talent and yeah. a very good structure in defence. So we've seen that previously at Cronulla. And, um, yeah, I think they, they might... Um, it's been a bit of Manly's problem, actually, picking out those younger fellas mm. that are coming through for the last couple of years. So. Funny that, because now Scott Fulton's left. So <laughs> Anyway, but like I said, they, they get hamstrung by these player agents and... We've seen them all jump ship as soon as they got the Never chance. Never helps, yeah. Uh, but I think you, you've you got a 20-try winger. You've got a bloke in uh, Every team needs to have one of those wingers that if you make a line break, it's four points. Yeah. If you're going to be successful. And again, Saab you know, wasn't kept Saab. on the field for a big time. No, the no, field so had a couple, an injury or two he, as well. Yeah, so. so if all his downside, he adds he has so much tremendous upside. Maybe that's a question mark too around their strength and conditioning that they've got in the club yeah. because they did seem to have consistent flow of injuries throughout. I know a lot of that comes down to bad luck, but I'm sure there's a lot to do with management as well because you see teams being able to cope with it, like mm. your Penrith and Brisbane even. Like you look at Penrith, they had a pretty bad injury toll this year. Yeah, they absolutely. had players coming in and out of club, but yeah, the depth is obviously another thing that's different there. So, any final words on Manly's season? Nah, they finished pretty much where they probably de- they probably deserve to finish at the fraction lower. Actually, with some they of the efforts that they put in, and that was on the back of I would, I would go as far to say it's on the back of DCE and Croker. Yeah, and they're Croker. the two big standouts for mine. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, everything I've said about those positive stuff, you don't you don't buy it. We've seen it time and time again. You don't buy players from teams that finished last and improved here. So. Generally not, no. We get to one of the conundrums of the year, the North Queensland Cowboys, who dropped from fourth, yep. third or fourth, down to tenth. Started like a bag of shit. And almost didn't. And, and, <laughs> and from the way they started, overachieved to finish tenth. And, and we're on the verge. We're playing out that last round to um, 
and produced one of their most boring performances. Sure, a lot of these teams game. are playing out their last sort of couple of games to get into mm. the finals. Um, it, was, it was weird how the ladder changed in the last four weeks of this competition. It was crazy, really. Um, finished 11th, 12 wins, 12 losses. Four and against a positive four. Um, completed at 80%, which was second in the competition, actually, which is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to them. Just obviously didn't do enough off the back of that. Tackle efficiency of 85%. Average 22.8 points a game, which was 546 overall. And 22.8 in returns, <laughs> which was 542. Uh, handling errors, they were down the bottom. A lot of these teams that finished down the bottom of the table actually had some pretty good discipline um, stats go their way. Like penalties conceded, they were middle of the road. Uh, but yeah, errors, handling errors, they were in the bottom couple of teams for you know, averaging only nine handling errors a, errors a game. Um, kick meters was first, as I mentioned before, with Chad. Uh, kick more on average, 605 average kicking meters a game. So that's one string to his bow, and yeah, the rest of it wasn't great. Um, missed tackles, they ran second, which was pretty poor, obviously. Um, What have I... I've lost my way here. Um, Sorry, yeah, missed tackles, they ran second. Kick return metres was pretty good for them. Obviously, that helps with drink water at the back. They were first for field goals with Chad as well. So, (laughs) um, you can kick field goals and kick long, but, um, yeah, not much else. Val finished eighth with points overall, which is not bad considering he's out back end of the season. Um, Felt with 13 tries was the highest on 22. Yeah, that's this is disappointing, and and I think that's the uh, common theme of these bottom eight teams is ex- is nobody cashing off, in, yeah. cashing in, and it's you know we've talked about Cowboys, we've talked about Manly, we've talked about Tigers in the top three for run meters. You've talked a lot of this comes back. We're almost in a quarterback age of rugby league. Yep. And if you don't have one of the top five, six, seven halves to in the comp, opportunities. You're not, and yeah. they have one of the best playmakers in the comp. He doesn't actually play in the halves. But, uh, yeah, well, he does have a couple of stats here. Uh, like you look at line breaks, they were 21st with Tuolungi and post-contact metres 50th. So yep. they're not making metres at the line. They're not breaking tackles. Um, drink water with try assist was actually fourth in the competition. So we, we, we mentioned him all season how good he was there. Um, the offloads. He would have been. There, there's people in super coach comps, draft comps that would have got drink water. Yeah. And probably the start being but would, <laughs> would have just been very happy people by the end of the comp. Yeah. Um, drink water, line break assist again, fourth. Um, Robson made a shit ton of tackles, averaged 42 for 42 for the season. He had another dummy half that had a fantastic season. Oh, Reese Robson was right up there. With doing, um, you know, all the tough stuff, he, he copped a couple of head knocks and a few injuries, which probably tempered his stats a little bit towards the back end of the year. But um, yeah, their standouts were blokes like Drinkwater, Robson. Their forward pack really didn't have a huge impact. There's no stats come out of their forward well, pack from here's anywhere. Here's a stat for you: Last year, Reese Robson was the most runningest dummy half dummy yeah. half in the game. He was 202nd in the Shit. comp this year. 202nd. So, yep, 202. I've just um. I've just sorted that. 1,300 metres. Fucking hell. So that is... I th- I don't say he's disappointing because he got through a mountain of work, but I, there, there, there's two sides of that because I'll tell you why it happened. Because for the first three months of this season, 
they had no size yeah, in their they're going back. nowhere. Injury, and Luciano not being there, Tamalo injured. Uh, you know, Tamalo went up for a holiday uh, good <laughs> on him, uh, but didn't play a lot of footy. They, they didn't have, um, you know, they were on Cohen Hess to, to do a lot of hard yeah. work and blokes. So who had a decent season, actually. He did have a decent um, season. But they, they did not have the Ford pack to match up no. for the first three months. Uh, they, they, and you look at where they can, and so I think that that obviously doesn't allow Robson to then be trying to stay at a dummy half, does it? But yeah. so and I just saw that, but I think that makes a lot of sense. But I think that's the story of the year because well, they came from last year where they're an energy-based team. They were completions, line speed, fitness. They pride themselves being the fittest team in a comp. Uh, Peyton has come out and said that he tried to go soft on them because yep. they gassed out last year. He has openly said that he went soft on them to start the year compared to last year. And it um, can't, and that shows they had five wins after 13 rounds. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they throw maybe a buy in there, but that's seven losses and five wins to start the season. Yeah. You're on 10 points or 12 points maximum after where other teams are on 20, 20, 22, and then you're just chasing for the, for the right. rest of the season. And then they had that little spurt where they, um, yeah, they, they, got, they, yeah. they got done by 60 to the Tigers. And then, yep. but then after that, they, they won five games and had two buys. Yeah. Were alive. And buys may be a key to some of these finishes as well right, at the right time. Positioning of the yeah. buys, yeah. Uh, but they came good. But by the time it got to the end there, like it never felt like they'll never going to be Penrith and it never felt like they're going to be a chance. No. In that back end. So it was a, a really weird fluctuating all up. Yeah, absolutely it was. There were some standouts. Obviously, Drinkwater was probably their number one standout, followed pretty closely by Valentine Holmes, who um, yeah, was missing it towards the back end of the year. Cotter was another one who was a standout. Uh, it took him a while to get going. I think he had some injuries at the start of the year yeah, as well. Yeah, another one, off, another one off a World Cup campaign. Yeah. Another and one had World Cup, Origin, and he doesn't half-arse it. Yeah. Um, it and Luciano was missing for half the season. Yeah. And when he came back, he was very strong. Well, he and he was one of their fortunes. standouts. Yeah. A bit of size and consistency. Even in that Tigers down, they got beat. You could see the the dynamic change there a bit. Yep. There's a few positives there. Um, The likes of Luki and Nanai, they're a little bit hit and miss, but at their best, they're very good players. Griffin Neem, has he moved on or is he still there? Don't quote me. I almost feel feel like like he's he's moving. Yeah, me too. But uh, Finny Fuanaki, only at the back end of the year, mm-hmm. but there were some really nice performances out of him. And Young Labour towards the yes. back end of the year and actually looked like... And you throw Valame in that, actually. Because yeah, Valame, yeah, they, they well. defaulted back to Felt, but Valame had that... Because yeah, well, you get injured very, at the back? I think Is that so, why yeah. he got dropped? Yeah, but he was very good. He, he was, he was yes. um, Him and Labour there missed, give, yeah. you someone, give them something. Finny Fuanaki has got something as well. I thought Nanai, the games he played, was more physical than we've seen him. Yes. Um... And has put on a bit of size, or at least feels like he's put on some presence, if nothing else. Lukey took half the season to get going, but they did have some yeah, games where so he I, was I good. Think if they, it, it, I think, look, yeah, it's disappointing, but it, Peyton will now reassess and probably find a happy medium from... And there's still only one, one game two. out of the eight, realistically. Exactly. So. Uh, on the back of a World Cup, you get caught a fully fit... Uh, you get Leilua, Nanai fit. Mm-hmm. You get um, uh, uh, Lukey as well. All of a sudden, that's an impressive forward pack if you can get it all up and going again. McLean didn't have a bad year, but, you know, it's hard, It's very hard in his comp to be a one-out well, He's pretty much retired now, so yeah, to be yeah. honest. Um, yeah. Borderline guys in the likes of Granville, 
didn't have huge impacts, but the, there was a couple of games where he was decent. Um, Jason Tomalolo for mine again, this is borderline. Uh, got through his work, but oh, Tom Chester, no. and Tom Ch- you get Tom Chester for a year. Mm. It's another, it, it's another workhorse. No huge impact from him. Dearden was, I put him in the borderline category more than positives, just because I thought he wasn't any better than what he was last year, mm. and um, for mine, he really needs to improve to. He needs to take on the role of being the number the one man. The question mark for side. me is that are, are we heading toward... And Townsend's got, what, a year left? Mm. Are we heading towards him having to be a seven? I know Jake Clifford's coming back. But it makes sense to me. <laughs> for our amusement. Him to seven. I say, him as a, a running seven, drink water to six, and trying to get... Uh, That's what I'd be And maybe to one or uh, looking what else you've got in your, up your sleeve there. And Tualangi on the wing. Even though he's brilliant for Queensland, he was still yeah, borderline for me for yeah. the Cowboys. Um, and the question marks I have, you could put Jason Tamalolo in those question marks as well. Yeah. I thought there were some games where he just wasn't a, a factor at all. Um, Kyle Felt, he's pretty much, you know, end of his career Way now. Into so Townsend, massive question marks of mine. Uh, obviously, his kicking game gets him around the field with his kicking game, but... Adds very little in attacking this, this structure. This is what I'm wondering is how quickly this transition starts happening to either a deer and as a seven. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Has he recommitted? I think he's still going to open market as well. Clifford coming back. And um, we, like I said, whether that drink water experiment at some point happens, whether he has played six in the past, whether he ends up back there. And you could throw Granville into those question marks as well. I, I don't know whether they look to get him changed he won't for be somebody much else. For this, for this NRL. Yeah, we mentioned everything else. The shocker start. Uh, real issue creating opportunities with their halves, uh, with their ball playing, and their defence in the start of the season was dog shit. They were getting points scored on them all mm-hmm. over the place at the start of the year, which was obviously a big part of the reason why they they struggled so hard. But um, they start a bit better next year. There's all plenty of opportunities for them to finish in the the bottom half of that top eight, maybe even higher, depending on how well they're going. But yeah, the like I mentioned, had a, quite an, a good season. Uh, ball in hand was Peter Hiku. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Created plenty yeah, of opportunities. Considering where he is at his career. Yeah, yeah 100%. Had a, one of his better years. Fell but, away for the last couple of weeks of the yeah, year, but yeah. Um, was strong for the majority. So they're an interesting one. They're, they're just, uh, these two teams, I, I I just feel like they are where they are right now. And that's yeah. probably going to change a lot. Unless they can, like, it'll be forward, it'll be go back to trying to become. Almost like the Warriors, Ford, but Ford pack driven. Try and mm-hmm. get as much size as you can in the field, um, and work hard and and go right back. Because right now, they, yeah, they are who they are. I think Cowboys probably slightly ahead of Manly there. I think Manly have got a few more issues with the size in their pack than what um, what the Cowboys do at the moment. But um, yeah. plus Manly have, but, but Manly have more you individual brilliance. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred um, percent. That's it. Val didn't have a Val didn't have. He had three amazing games. But he didn't. He wasn't blowing teams away every week. He was still one of their better players. Yeah, a lot of the weeks. So. But he's not going to be a fully fit to Travojevic. Mm. No, true. On paper. Move to uh, Parramatta Eels. who mm-hmm. finished tenth. Uh, twelve wins, twelve losses. Ex- similar, <laughs> exactly the same as the, as the Cowboys, with a positive for and against of thirteen. Um, it's interesting because when they were hot in attack, they blew a few teams off the field. So they they, they yeah, must have copped was, it in return. Well, you know, <laughs> um, second last with completion rate of seventy five percent, which is a big one, obviously. 
Tackle efficiency is pretty much the same for most of these teams. It's around 85 to 87%, apart from your tops and your bottoms. Um, points four, they were seventh in total and fifth on average, with 24 points on average, 23 conceded. Um, handling in the middle of the road, penalties conceded, they were last. So they conceded less penalties really? than anybody else Jeez, with 122. For a team <laughs> don't they what? Blake's throwing arms around. Anyway. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, errors, they were middle of the road. They Actually, on average, they were fourth. So they had more errors than uh, pretty much most other sides in the competition. Did not kick a 40-20 for the year. Which is unusual, Shit. considering the blokes that I was at a game at Combank when they did. Apparently, that's what Fox Labs telling me anyway. Um, they were first in offloads with 13, mm-hmm. average of 13 offloads a game. Um, dummy half runs, they were last, which obviously came off the back of who they started with at the start of the year and then having young Brendan Hands, who was just there to dish the ball off to the rest of the blokes. Um, kick metres fourth on average, which is expected with the likes of Moses in your team. Run metres fourth on average, so they did quite well getting the ball down the other end of the field. But he, here's a, um, some of the other ones that are the problems. Tackle bus 16th overall out of 17 teams. Uh, not breaking enough tackles, not creating enough opportunities. That, but that's a weird stat to combine with offloads. Maybe like they're playing, maybe they're happy to get in the line and yeah, make a few more metres because they're making running yeah. metres, so they get you know. They don't actually break the tackle, but, but they make they get, make the move. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a weird no, one. That because does you, make you, sense. Because if you look at their points, they were eighth on yeah, overall yeah, yeah, on yeah. points. That's what I mean. Like I don't um, not you know line breaks. They were ninth uh, oh. with Sivo. tackle bust. Yeah, they didn't yeah didn't make a lot of tackle bust. Penasini with eighty eight. I feel but, like yeah, they're, they're but their offloads they were had the, the first is. two offloaders in the competition with Hopgood who ran first with fifty. Six and Cartwright, who was second with 52. And Ambolo was eight. Yes. So with Line break 39. assists to 19th with Gutherson. Um, there's a few injuries with Moses and Brown, which probably killed their numbers yeah, a little bit. There, yeah. Um, mentioned Hopgood had a fantastic year. He was eighth in tackles overall. Uh, missed tackles, Cartwright 30th. So there's nothing that really stands out as to how bad they were apart from Probably line breaks and tackle busts being well, able to. Here, thing is Parramatta. They're um, grading. and and uh, they're the only team to beat Penrith twice. You think? Yes, correct. But they're got... the most frantic team in a the competition. They are well handling much... errors. They were sixth, and um, what else was the other one? Yeah, errors. Errors. They were fourth. So that yeah, probably says yeah, you know they turned sense. the ball over a fair bit more they than did. they should have, uh, which maybe ties again into trying to push offloads. Yep. But yeah, they did beat Penrith twice uh, they and on their merits twice. Correct. Yep. Um, and they do always get up for that. But another the, shocking start of the season, though. One well, out here's of the thing: the first five games. Absolutely. But mm. you and they had the hardest run. They copped everyone at the start. I think of the year. Souths maybe a fraction harder, but but they. Oh no, they had that period where they had like everyone off the bye. Yes. Yes. Everyone correct. The Through the middle of the year. Um, yep. But they had um, – they're such a frantic team and are driven by Moses and Gutho and, oh, fuck, it's all happening and mm-hmm. getting up and that real – And if it's not happening, blokes are trying to push passes and yeah. that just only adds to so that. So in attack, yeah. they would <laughs> when you take when you took Brown out of that for a big chunk of the year, mm-hmm. 
and you take uh, Reed Marnie out of that, it loses a little bit of cohesion. But Brown, to me, now seems more of a calming influence than Moses. That's what I mean. Yeah, mm. he does, yeah. yeah. Because Moses and Gutho get nearly the world where they're either only playing for each other or trying to um, do trick shots Score 50 or, points. or have double <laughs> yeah. wraparounds and shit like that. Um, and I think... Whereas this, Brown's it's happy such a to weak, hit lane or yeah. take the ball himself into the line. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, or can just have a nice clean left foot kick and... Yep. Um, but I think that um, that and given they had no, when you take Reed out of it, it's an odd thing because I don't necessarily think Reed added to the dogs what he would add here, which is that other coming. No, yes, hundred percent. Uh, he went there and yep. had his own season, whereas here, it's just if nothing else, it's like, it's like when you're a bit odd. Um, <laughs> safe things around you make me happy. Make you happy. That's Hands happy. did There's come into insert. his um, but um, his own later in the year. But but they um, but they went out and signed Hodgson, who was thirty four, mm. and everyone under the sun and um, <laughs> their collective dogs all knew it was going to happen. Yeah, and it duly happened. Mm-hmm. I just that, that's such a baffling decision. Um, Hands did do a good job, but then they freaked out and went and found Lussick, who was good enough at the end of the year. I can't knock what he did coming back. But, but they really gave no hands. I just, I, no. I, just, I just don't know who made that decision. And in that mm. almost, it was almost like from there they tumbled. They lost Puppy, Puppy Lane, missed a lot of the year uh, yep. on the back of being on the second row of the year last year. Absolutely. And it was just like there was no attacking cohesion in between. Especially on the edges of the rock, yeah. yeah. Um, hands... They gave him no um, confidence, I thought, to start with. They basically just no. used him as a, a, dis- a distributor. Didn't they? For mine, it was like he was instructed not to run the ball. Yeah. Just pick it up and pass it. And then after five or six games, they went, okay, maybe, you know. And he started having a crack around the ruck. And he, he was actually quite good in attack. Mm. He was a bit of a spot player in defence. But he's, and he's like, sharp too. He's quite quick at it. Because yeah, he's only a smaller bloke. He was spotted yeah. up a little bit. And his defence isn't, you know. Like, go on. No, I'll get to defend him. <laughs> def- no, yeah. yeah no, finish your hands story. Sorry. No, finish your hands. Yeah, he was point. used as a spot player, which um, let them sort of get post-contact meters on him and offloads off mm. off the back of him being a defender. But I thought I think there's something there for him as an attacking hooker. Mm. I think, you know, they, they can work with him, but now they've gone and found Lussick, as you said, so where well, they go from there. Brad Arthur's... Brad Arthur's almost a hook. Yeah. In that he doesn't trust young blokes. Yeah, yeah. How often he'd never this year he'd well, the never, only one he stuck he with would never have when they were full strength. He'd mm. never have one of their front more than one of their front rows off the field. Yep. Uh, he hated it mm-hmm. uh, until he had to. He um, you'd always have he, he needed that. I don't think he likes trusting those young blokes to do yeah, it. Yeah. No. And makes sense. Um, that's bled into hands because I, I think hands an exciting player. I think yeah. they should. You know, you, you run with what you got at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it gives you a spine at all runners, but you find a way to work with that. Uh, but, and I get, I know it's hard when, I'm, sh- I'm sure it wouldn't be particularly pleasant at times shoveling balls to Mitch Moses because I'm sure he's not the most calming influence. No. Um, he's not a dinner suit player by any means, um, unless he wants to be. But, he's, he decides so he, to be, yeah. but if he sees a hole, he's shouting and shouting. Mm. And in... On Gutho's the other shoulder, you've got Gutho doing the same yeah. thing because he can see Sivo's. And then the one you don't give it to is probably still screaming at you. Exactly. <laughs> so he, they've got a dominant back three that are always on top of it. So I think it's a hard thing to come in. And with a, it's the old thing, with a preseason, I think they'll be better. But it is incredible, speaking of BA, how regardless of personnel they had on an edge, 
they are always, always stripped on the outs on that week. Oh, yeah, 100%. Without fail. Yeah. They debuted, what, four blokes, and without fail, they all conceded. Every single one of them. They were all pot-planted. Mm. Uh, and then they brought Siva back, and he was... He might have been the, the first 20 tried pop plan of the year. That, um, <laughs> But, it, like, it, I, I can't actually say he was a flop this year, given he scored 20 no, tries. No, 24 tries. But uh, I think no, yeah, there, there was four sorry. or five yeah. in, um, but there was four or five in a couple of games there along yeah. the way. But there was games where he, he got the turning circle. There was a the stretch queen. of about three or four games where he did fuck all. That's he made I mean. about two runs. He's got the turning circle of the QE2. And. and um, the work has nothing else, but he does nothing else in between. He never has any of run made it. So thou shall not be mentioned. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, what like it's a weird thing because what you can't move him to the centres because I don't no. think he moves left and right. No. Is do you just juice him for two years? Just to stay say, on the wing, and yeah, you, you need to use him and, as that crash. And that's what you crash get. play on the wing, and that's where you're getting. The only or, thing you can really do out of him is to him. try and get him to make make some dummy half just runs. Say you've got to just, run. You have to. You need to make 15 runs a game. Yeah. No matter what. Right, I don't care if 10, 10 of them are out of dummy half and five of them is crashing yeah. over the line to score. But if he you does that and as hard as he can, he's going to bust four of them. Mm. All of a sudden, he's making 220 metres. They're a different team. 100%. Um, but I think he... Yeah, I, I can't call him a flop, but I think he's disappointing in a lot of games. No, there's a lot of games where his attitude but was not right. That, um, but whatever their structure is, is wrong. because mm. it just, and, and it's been this way... Honest to God, for ten years, because uh, they have that same defensive structure. But yeah, one one and four to start the season. Uh, Brown suspension, obviously late season hurt. Um, just continual injuries to their front row. Lane, Paulo, RCG, uh, all blokes. Even when they all got their Greg out. got injured. Yeah, Greg, they, yeah. exactly, and he was fantastic at different points yeah. of the year. Um, that really hurt him towards the, the back end of the year. You mentioned they beat Penrith twice. Like they were fourth with eight games to go, man. Yeah. And then they went and lost five of those eight but games. They were fourth eight games to go, and I don't think we tipped either of us would have tipped them in any of those remaining and eight. Two of them were buys. I think they won two of their last nine yeah. games or something. They and limped into those buys. Yeah. And those, you know, um, standouts: Gutherson, obviously Moses Cartwright, Hopgood. I think I think it's brushed over. Gutho, I assume he can't because he's did he get suspended or something one way. But I noticed, like, for him to be behind Teddy in the three nominations for fullback of the year mm. is wrong. He was better than Teddy for 90% of this year. Yes. Yeah, At yeah. club level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At club level. Yeah. He might have been suspended. I think he got the suspension. Maybe yeah, it's fair he, enough. He might have, But yeah. this was as good a year as Clint Gusson has produced as an individual footballer, yep. I think. Positives, Penasini, um, even though he does have yeah, his defensive inefficiencies. Was it? Ball in hand, he's, he's very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I maybe I have high expectations. You need someone to help him with his defence, but ball yeah. in hand, he is very good. Yeah. Um, RCG, obviously injured, but pretty much every time he was out there, he was close to their best forward, if not their best forward. The resurgence of Bryce Cartwright. Yeah, oh, I put him in as a standout. Yeah, he's not even in as a positive. He's he's a st- yeah. he was. I thought he was one of their standouts this yeah. year. And hands, I think, is a positive moving forward. Something they can work with. But whether they do or not, and I get question marks around Paulo. I thought there was parts of this season where he was nowhere near where he should have been. Yeah. Um, Dylan Brown obviously comes down to suspension. We, he did have a, a space of about six weeks where he was brilliant, but. Whether he's what what's going on off field and his attitude, he, he needs to obviously fix that up a little bit. Lane injury again, uh, very, it's a bit hard to probably put him in that questionable 
position because he is very good, yeah, but him. he's um, a lot of injuries. And it's their bench rotation. But they need to work out as well what, what, what is Madison. What mm. is, like, who the, is, well, the, the, the what, next three I was about to yeah. mention. Off and Gowie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, do they, is he going to stay there? Is he part of their plans moving forward? Yeah. Uh, that bench rotation with Greg and Madison, how they work those guys. I think Madison should be a starter and he should be in there most weeks, but mm. he, he went from being a starter to a benchy to a starter to a, a left edge to a back rower. Yeah. Uh, sorry, to a 13. To a like, you just got to work out what the fuck's going on there. Yeah. But their bench rotation. I feel like he lost a lot this year. Their bench rotation for mine is one of their biggest issues. Yeah. But that's part of the and fact that wingers, BA won't tr- trust <laughs> to have. He won't back these young blokes. He, he won't have any of them. He won't let he won't have a young forward back on the field. It'll be one of those four yeah. have to be on the field. Uh and yeah, the wingers are I don't know who the defensive coach is, but I I there needs to be rid of that structure. Um and the thing is for Parramatta now, this is what you see is what you're gonna get for the next two, three, four years. Because yeah, it's not gonna change much. Um, their halves are all on what, seven, eight year contracts, whatever they're on. Yep. Gutho's just re signed. Yep. Uh if Hans doesn't isn't there, that's gonna be another young bloke. Or another has been, with yep. all due respect. And their forwards are who they are. Um, and on paper, yeah, they played a grand final last year. It, it's going to come back to injury, effort and commitment as to what they produce next year. The, the, there is no in-between with the Paramount. Just the runs that they went on of, like, you know, losing four out of the first five and games. They, and they conceded. Losing five they out of their last seven or eight games. conceded. They're like the Titans. You knew they were going to concede 20 points. And it was just points. an effort thing. Like, you saw the way the Titans changed their effort at the back end of the yeah. year. To get them to the position, they they probably deserve to be in the top, uh, bottom four the way they were going at the start of the year. Yeah, they didn't miss by much, but <laughs> they still, you know, their effort was heaps better at the back end of the That's year. Right. And yeah, whether Parramatta can fix that defense, those defensive issues up next year is a, is a big question mark as well. They're just going to be the, I think it should be who they are. Yeah. They're going to knock over top four teams. They're going to get beaten by. They the might dragons. sneak into the eight here and there, but yeah. they're probably going to hang around that. If if they remain full strength, yeah, for the whole year, somewhere between six, can be six and four days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they the don't, then they won't. So, yeah. just a, inch, a really interesting case study in everything. Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Anything else from them? Yeah. And we get to the bunnies. Well, what it, what was this season? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Completely we, inconsistent. Well, when we spoke about um, political turmoil earlier, like, hasn't this all just come out now? Mm. Winning, winning, mm. It's like every club. It, winning's winning, and all of a sudden, when you're not, there's factions everywhere. No, no one leaks for winning teams, are they? Generally not. <laughs> but there's generally not that many problems going on with winning teams either. Makes so. sense as well, yeah. <laughs> Finished ninth, 12 wins again, 12 losses. Uh, same as the other ones. Bit of a better for and against with the positive of 59. Um, 75% completion, exactly like Parramatta, which had them 15th. There must be a point percentage in there somewhere. <laughs> but um, average 23 points for, 21 points against. Uh, middle of the road for tries, goals, all that kind of stuff. They were second in handling errors with, along with Parramatta, which was um, obviously in one of their downfalls for the season. They made too many, dropped the ball way too many times. Um, good for penalties conceded. Ineffective tackles, all that kind of stuff. They were actually pretty good in uh, in a few of the discipline areas. Kicking meters, sixteenth in the competition for kicking meters. So that's obviously a big problem that they need to address is uh, their long kicking game. Um, 
line break assists first overall on averages. Right. Which speaks, uh, which is a bit funny considering they're middle of the road for try scored. But, um, yeah, average for 4.8 line break assists a game, uh, which a lot of that obviously would have come through Cody Walker, who was um, brilliant at, diff- uh, at a little stage through the middle of the year for them. For them. Uh, fourth average line breaks. Eleven. Latrell was one of their leading um, individual efforts with goals and tries and only played about 13 games. So that says a bit about how they went when he wasn't around. Um, tackles, Cook was up there as he always is, uh, second overall on averages. Missed tackles, Walker, middle of the road, 22nd. But these are the ones that were concerning for mine. Uh, they didn't have anyone in the top 50 for run metres in the entire competition. Um Obviously, Littrell probably would have been up there if he hadn't missed half the season, but you get that. Um, penalties conceded. Murray was second in giving away penalties and an average of, um, you know, second. They actually had two of them in the top six on averages, the giving away penalties. I think Milne was the other one. <laughs> it was just loves, loves giving away a penalty. Um Ruck interference is not in the top 50, but yeah, it, it, it all seems to come down to they didn't do enough with ball in hand to make metres through the middle of the field. They're, and just for the record, they beat all of the top four on merit at certain times yes. this year. Yeah. Well, uh, they, yeah, I've, I've got that, some of that down here, yeah. but yeah. But they, first of all, you're kicking. We, now in a cold light of day, what do you make of Lachlan Ilias? We raved about him, you know, for the first month and then... Mm. The but cliff, that was all. That was more on the back quickly. of his um, running game more than anything else, and his short kicking game. And, and Walker's never been a long kicker. No, no, definitely not. He kicks more um, for height and trying to get players down there rather than for distance. Yeah, Ilias obviously doesn't have a long. Like, he was their best long kicker, but well, realistically, um, the best long kicker if you use him is Latrell. Yeah, he, obviously, he boot at seventy missed meters half the season. But sleep, yeah. on average, he was eighteenth overall in the competition. And if you look at, there's only seventeen halfbacks, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the bikes that do most of the kicking. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously there was a big, a big thing. Uh, gave away too many penalties in the ruck with Murray and um, a couple other guys in there. Uh, Walker was third for ruck infringements, giving away ruck infringements, which is obviously another thing that speaks to discipline from this team. That um, when they were hot, they were as good as most teams in the competition, but. For big parts of the year, they weren't, and that's when they were giving away these penalties and ruck infringements and just causing themselves problems more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So. They're another one and that's, handling errors. So yeah, they're another one that's, and we'll get to your know, standards coming soon. But they're another one that's locked, decided to lock down their keys last mm-hmm. year. A, a lot changes in the year, doesn't it? Not oh, necessarily even, but yeah. I'm sure there's a there wouldn't. A, it wouldn't. There'd be a faction somewhere that would be looking to offload someone like Cody Walker sooner rather than later. Uh, but that's it. He was still out five out of the year and still produces enough points at times. Well, there's a period of about ten games through the middle stretch of the season where they were going quite well. Yeah. Where he looked like the be- one of the best yeah. uh, halves in the competition. He's creating line breaks, scoring tries himself, setting up tries left, right, and centre. And then just sort of fell apart again at the back end of Origin towards the back end of the year when they really needed these guys to step up. The only one that really came to the fore or two was Cook and Murray mm-hmm. at the back end of the year. Obviously, they didn't and they start were two, great. Again, they're two off a World Cup year. 
Mm-hmm. But it goes all complicated. Yeah, they uh, didn't start to right, which, no, but they, to your point. But they, they gassed out there. The mm. They really did. Um, and Campbell Graham had to have been injured for the last oh, yeah. couple of months because his defensive Absolutely. output was Eight, 12 chalk weeks. and cheese yeah. um, from what was... Well, what had, what um, he is and what he's capable and of. Had, and even his attack, because he, he was the form. They had some key injuries to the blokes, the likes yeah. of Totola, Sele, and um, Tom Burgess towards the back end of the year as well, which yeah. really hurt their go forward in the middle of the field, because they were the only blokes that were going forward you, in the middle of the field. You compound out with, and I mentioned it plenty of times, and no one else has, but um, they're the most travelled team in the comp. They yes. always They took everywhere, every game everywhere. Mm-hmm. Travelled a lot and a lot weren't easy. A lot were Perth to Cairns, Cairns to Townsville, da 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 da. da. Uh, Town, Cairns Town's probably not bad. Actually, Cairns back to back to Coffs, Newcastle. back to Newcastle, whatever, however it went. Um, I can't imagine it's easy to structure a season around. Uh, they yeah, well, look back taking, on the, yeah games to Cairns and Perth, like the two yeah, of the furthest extremes back, you could go. Exactly. To. <laughs> um, but it feels like, but. The last two months, they the word I used for them a lot was ragged, and they were ra- their attack was ragged, especially on their edge, both edges. And every time they shifted the ball, someone would either they'd go bang, 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 and someone would be out of position, yep. or bang, 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 and throw it in a touch, or bang, bang, bang the other way, and it'll, someone would drop it. And the same in defence, their, their their structure just was was at six and sevens a lot of the time. Yeah, and these are bloke. This is someone who we have both said is the best defensive. Center in a game on one side. Oh, of the, the last game. four weeks or so, he um, could barely make a tackle. Uh, my understanding is like he's busted. Yeah, yeah his turn is completely busted. fucked. Yeah. So, um, and Tass looked like a world beater for a bit. He fell off the cliff, and then they had a few. They cycled through a few. I think he's still a bit of a side. positive going forward, though. I but, would but, choose it to be as well. Um, considering the draw that they had to start the year, they ended up probably positive out of what they had. I think they played Penrith twice. They had Melbourne. They had Cronulla. They had. Uh, Brisbane. Chooks twice, I think, early on as well. Yeah, they lost both of those to the Chooks, but they won one, lost one to Penrith. They beat Cronulla, they beat Brisbane, they beat Melbourne early in the year. And then you get towards the back end of the season and then you have losses to the Dragons, the Cowboys, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just turns your season on its head. And they could, because it was, I think they lost those three games in a run of about five games. Mm-hmm. And then you go and take games to Cairns and Perth and you lose to the Sharks over there and then you come back and get towed up pretty comprehensively by Newcastle towards the back end Could of you the year. Throw in there. They, I think they played Tigers at Mudgee or Bathurst? Bathurst? Tamworth. Tamworth, sorry. Tamworth. So uh, like an actual, that's a six-hour yeah. road trip, yeah, yeah. let else. Yeah. And I believe there was, and then Charity Shield was at Mudgee actually, so it's a bit different, but same, same, same. Yeah, and it just really showed the inconsistencies of the season. Obviously, if they keep a couple of those guys fitter for longer, they probably do make the eight. And, you know, we're, we're singing a different story here. But, um, yeah, there was positives. Obviously, Murray's back, end, back half of the season was was good. Uh, sorry, I missed the, the standouts of mine were Tass at times during the year. Campbell Graham was a standout well up until he, until he got injured and had to withdraw from Origin. After Origin, he was a different player. But before that, he was one of the best players in the competition. You really, you really look back at that and say... It, it must have been. It obviously is bad, mm. um, but you almost say you wish he just had six weeks off and yeah, absolutely. And come back and Keon Kulamatangi up until his injury as well was fantastic. Was okay. Then got injured. Back end of Origin. Yeah, well, on a wrap. Alex Johnson. Origin seemed going, to kill South. They did, they did, they did kill, well, killed Latrell. Killed, Walker, that, that was the same thing. Keon Campbell. Um, but to a positive, like yes, AJ, Alex Johnson, yeah. AJ gets 
you know, the, the, the catch a ball and put it down stuff a lot. Yes, yes. And that was not this year. He no. busted his ass this year. Yeah. Defensively, he was outstanding. Uh, he produced a lot of individual efforts to score. Yeah, 100%. So it, it has been, and I've said this heaps, it has been a year for wingers. You know, it's easy to just look back and go, oh, they all scored 25 tries. Mate, they pulled yeah, out was, a lot. It was my last standout yeah. for there, to be honest. Um, Murray, positive back end of the season. Talis Duncan is definitely mm. somebody going forward that looks like he's going to be a fantastic player for them. Yeah. Going, um, if they can get Trell and Totola fit, when they were on the field, they were fantastic. Obviously, they missed big parts of the year, which didn't help. And Cook was did a, v- a fantastic job. Yeah. You can throw in the likes of um, Davy Mawale, who a little bit up and down, but he's a young kid coming forward and mm. looks like he can do the hard work through the middle. And you've got Jai Arrow there as well, who can be a positive, can be a negative when he loses his mind. I don't, I don't know how much um, they – and he, he was fantastic on the back of origin. He had the back issue and this and the other. And Tom Burgess was injured. The I don't know how much of this is all of them carrying injuries or not carrying injuries. I wasn't impressed at all by their forward pack. No. no. And you've mentioned a lot of them. But at the end of the day, their forward pack is not in the same way. Well, Totola missed most of the season, he did. to be honest. Uh, but Moala came in with the biggest spruker of the mm. year, just about. Uh, Burgess. Started well, finished well, middle yeah. of the year was average. Yeah, Tom Burgess never plays bad, so I'm not going to fault him. Mm. And, and I suspect Jai and a few others carried Neils all year. I, I, we're in a, in a what you see is what you get scenario for next year. They're going to get bashed in a lot of games. So how do you then find? Oh, they need some more size. How do you then so find do seven teams in the competition? Exactly. So, so. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's almost. Oh, they're red, and they're getting widened in. So Whiten coming in, going in theory shore up an edge. But I tell you what, he, he can be a bit sluggish and oh yeah, stay absolutely. in his lane in a, back to the centres. Especially we saw that in the last month. Well, a big part of that was the bench rotation and the likes of um, Cheekam and uh, a couple of other guys in there. Yeah. Um, Sele, you could probably put in that. They're, they're questionable whether they're... Sele's going to Dragons. Yeah, well, so but, he's yeah. gone. And Cheekham's gone as well, I believe. Cheekham's gone know. as well. So they're going to have to find blokes to replace those blokes yeah. who weren't a pos- definitely weren't a positive in this season. Yeah. Um, they're backup wingers. They really don't seem to have anyone to come in and fill position as a backup winger. Um, the likes of Tane Milne, who really... They had well, maybe two good maybe games, and then ta- there's someone obvious. If I say this, um, Jackson Paul. Ta- oh, he left last year. Going, no, but, but Tess yeah. probably ends up on the wing and White and centres. So, but yeah, they're going to need to find a. a there's a problem and there. Tess going as well. Yeah, there's a problem there with the with their outside backs. Uh, the backups for their outside backs, the backups for their forward and their halfbacks are massive question mark for mm. mine. He's he needs to cement him spot as a as a starting seven. He needs to have a fantastic year next year. Yeah. He almost needs to have a fantastic preseason, mm. but I don't know who. I don't know what's under the yeah. No, that's right. Bonnet. Obviously, you'll see the the kids coming through in the next two or three years, and mm. you'll cherry pick the best of those. But the, from where he he shows glimpses every probably four or five games of being that guy that they expect him to be, but then the three and four games that in between yeah is very limited in what he puts out. Yeah. So. I think the most telling thing about South is the best left hand. Attacking the comp was not the best left hand. No, definitely wasn't. It was far from it. It wouldn't have no. been top three or four. No. Or five or six. And every time they went there, as I said, something went wrong. So he seemed to have more joy on the right this year with Campbell Graham and, um, and or Tass when he was at his best, but on the left. Yeah. So it, it them, yeah, th- these are a very interesting four to look back in a year and see where they go because... 
realistically, if I was going to put money right now, they're probably all sitting exactly the same. Well, shape. every every four every one of these four teams that we've just gone through really need to restructure somewhere in their team, whether it be the bench rotation for their forwards. Well, I think all of them really need to look at their bench rotation. You know who some of these the clubs Someone like a Tom Hazelton is who sees by mm-hmm. chasing. Uh, a Terrell May. Um, yeah, Bruce and went got a Fletcher Baker. See you along. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not spruiking poaching by any means. Flagler to be the, your but number a, a, one. A Lindsay Smith. Uh, uh, yep. There's blokes around. Yep. Talis Duncan, yeah. he could be anything. He next could be, year, and he might be the yeah. Jacob Preston of this year. He, he, he I think he'll have stuff. a big part for, to play for South next year. He has to be. He has to be. And, and whether they try and do try and go back to having. Oh, Colin Matungi's there, isn't he? But I was going to say, try and have mm. Murray and uh, Dale Duncan on an edge each, but I don't know. Yeah. They, they, they've, they've got work to do. Um, um, it's, a dis- yeah. it's a disappointing end. Need Simple some outside backs. Need some um, some backup outside backs. And, yeah. Parramatta's probably sitting the best with the spine. Uh, the other thing, just the last thing on South, a little bit this, this comes back to, and there's a Sam Burgess saga, but ultimately his message to the team, the, the unhappy players, was put your fingers work out, harder. work your ass off, and yeah. go and do it. And realistically, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. If 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 Latrell goes yeah. and becomes the fittest fullback in the comp, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Oh yeah. At the end of the day, we're going to sit here in in uh, in seven days' time and say that Brisbane and Penrith are two fittest teams in the comp, and they're playing the grand final. Yep. No one comes. No one at Penrith is complaining about that. They, they, they fucking train the six workload. days a week yeah, and yeah, yeah. work their ass off, and it sucks because they've won three comps. It's easy to sit and complain about it when um, you're running 16th, but mm-hmm. that's all you're going to be. And I, I saw a bit, um, a bit of an interview from Appy um, talking about how he didn't want to push it last year, but he's coming in to push it this year to say like, this isn't how you win comp. No. A bunch of fucking yeah. bludgers. What are we going to do? Um, but no one complains when you're winning. So. Yeah, well, he's got that whole preseason now, hopefully, to set it up yeah, and say, look, uh, you yeah. need to follow me. This is the way things need to be exactly. done. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, but, as a fan, hopefully he does. But yeah. he's been but done it. And, as and, you said, the, the, and he's happy to put on a record. But Look at these two teams that are going through, right? Best top two halfbacks in the yeah. like, two of the t- top five. Yeah. Even on their worst, they're in the top ten conversation. Uh, best forward packs in the comp. Best line speed. Uh, probably the most aggressive in attack and defence. Yeah. Like, want to take you on physically in attack and defence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just built on attitude. Yeah. And, like, consistent effort. You can even go back. Like, look at last week. Nelson, uh, Nelson pushed over Cleary. Mm. 12 blokes ran in. Yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> How many, and, yes, in some teams that's what's going to happen, but it wouldn't happen in others. Yeah. So it's, Yeah, there might be two or three blokes there. Yeah, and the rest go, of them yeah, standing yeah. back going, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it attitude's a thing. It's like you know, it's the one thing. You it's probably one of the biggest things well, it has that to be. separates. Well, like you look at the teams that finish between yeah. fifth and fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Like, added like consistent attitude and yeah. effort is what separated those teams. Absolutely, and when we were at the end of the day, we're only and there's a bit of skill and whatever but involved. Only, but the thing is, we're only part. You know, only fat blokes at the pub these days. We yeah. only ever park footballers, park cricketers. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But the years we won all those comps along the way was when you knew we were the best. We knew yeah. if we would go down and work with each other and iron sharpened iron and off you went. And you get into those Yeah, well, we, we probably had, you know, like obviously just as park yeah, cricketers, whatever, we had still had one of the better skill sets out of a lot yeah. of people because 
We were training four or five times a week. That's right. We and were tr- and consistently trust each other to fighting against each other. We've got a new situation. Yeah. Someone, you know, so and so will get us out of it, or mm. someone's going to bowl these overs here, or yeah, mindset, whatever. attitude gets you a long yeah. way. And I think I don't know. We live in a world where you know, softly, softly becomes too much sometimes. But what do I know? Anyway, um, that's a look back on a, a very interesting fall. There, we're going to be back very shortly with our grand final preview, which I'm looking forward to. Next week, we will review the grand final. Maybe we do six next week. Well, maybe, maybe we just, maybe we just plough into it. We need to find a day. Maybe we just plough into the whole eight. The whole eight. Top eight. We've got a public. What do you do on Monday? Do we'll talk about off air. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll come up with yeah. something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can do something. Again. No, our best, our best meetings are done on air, aren't they? <laughs> well, I'm sure maybe we'll do something Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Nah, we'll sort that out in the next day or two. Four o'clock Monday, Arvo, we can uh, just plough into it. Within the next two weeks, we'll be all... Do that, and then we've got bowl prediction. Everything will be done, and then we can move on to having a bit of fun. Oh, yeah, so throwing, anyway, whatever. Here we are. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Things. Thanks for getting this far. Um, subscribe, leave some feedback, do all the good stuff, leave some Google reviews uh, and Spotify reviews and Apple podcast reviews and YouTube thumbs up. It all helps us, helps us grow, which we Absolutely have. Absolutely And uh, we're very, very thankful everyone that has listened. You see something, just like it. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're about to get stuck into a player-by-player preview of one of the most exciting grand finals for mine in the last five or ten years, really. Could be the best game we've seen for a long for time. For a long time. Absolutely. Mm. Thanks, guys. We'll be back in a minute.